Thanks for checking out the Ideal Impact Podcast, where we discuss five key skills and the impact they can have on your life as well as some major issues in society. You ready to get after it? We're live. Randy's got to tone it down this morning since it's 6.30 and everybody else is in asleep in the house, right? That is an accurate statement. <laughs> I kind of like these early morning recordings. I got I have way more energy in the morning than I do when we're recording at night. I mean, the, the only reason I like it better is because one, it's quiet. And two, if once we get off at night, like I'm, it's hard for me to go to sleep. Yeah, you're, you're all fired up from the from the stellar podcast recording well, we just yeah, completed. Because then I started thinking about like the things we were talking about. I'm like, oh, I should have said this. I yeah. Said that. <laughs> Start overanalyzing everything. Yeah. That sounds about right. So uh, what do you what do you have planned for this lovely Northeast Ohio Saturday? We are uh, myself and a few friends of mine and uh, my buddy Hugh's family. We are running a golf outing today for him. Uh, he passed away. It's been three years now three three or four years yeah so he passed away from ewing sarcoma at the age of i think we were 35 he had two young kids so we we do this golf outing every year try to raise money for a good cause and and this year is actually the money's going to the clinic cleveland clinic because they have found a uh a vaccine for ewing sarcoma that they're going to be giving out to some cancer patients so the money will help bring people in that don't live around here and let them come in and be able to afford to get that vaccine which is crazy to me that we have we have like vaccines for cancer now it's crazy yeah yeah that's that's i was not aware of that that's pretty wild and it's funny that well not funny that you say that but we're going to be talking about some pharmaceutical stuff today and it's important to remember there are there are benefits to it you know so many people we we talk about pharmaceuticals as a bad thing right now but there are definitely good things like you know you look back in time the polio vaccine was obviously a tremendous um you know medical achievement that saved millions and millions of lives but there's also a lot of negative going on with the pharmaceutical companies now as well so we'll get into that here shortly i have a 12 mile i'm taking i'm doing a 12 mile ruck march this morning with uh, Billy, our Randy and I's friend, um, and then our wives, so Sarah and Callie are going to be joining us today for that. So looking forward to it. And I, I don't remember why I, I think I wasn't sure if I was going to be back from Ohio uh, um, or from Texas when you started planning the events uh, for the golf outing. And now I feel like an asshole that I'm not going to be there. Well, but we're sponsoring out- it. So that's, that's well, we least. are sponsoring it. So that's true. We're sponsoring a whole. So yeah. um, good point. I feel a little bit less guilty now, but <laughs> <laughs> um, next year, I got to make sure that I, I plan a little bit better for that. So well, now um, that you mentioned a, a 12 mile ruck, I mean, that's, we discussed this last night and made a change and, and we added an 11 mile ruck option to our March for Heroes. So you're already going beyond that. Yeah. Yeah, and we're going to try to knock this out in three hours today. I think it might take us a little bit longer than three hours, but that's my goal to really push the pace today. And yeah, like you said, we've we've just do a mile. That's that's 
very intimidating for a lot of people that maybe haven't done something like this before. So we do have that 11 mile option now um, with a little bit lower price and we will post the link for the registration to the March for Heroes event. Again, Veterans Day. So November 11, 2023, we'll post that in the podcast description. So if anybody is interested in attending, you can go ahead and click right in that and that'll take you to Eventbrite so you can purchase your ticket. And a reminder, whether you do the 11 mile, whether you do the 22 mile, you're going to get an event t-shirt, you're going to get a March for Heroes wristband, you're going to get, what, what am I missing, Randy? I know there's something else. If you complete the event with the requirements, you'll get a patch and there's one I mean, other you thing. Ha- oh, you we're have gonna have full food, access water. to the aid station. With that, I mean, that's a big portion of it. You're, you're going to want to hydrate and you're going to want fuel while you're out there. And having access to that aid station is going to be key. Absolutely. And just the sense of community that comes with this stuff. When you do really challenging things with other people, even if you've never met that person before, and let's say you just randomly decide to hike with somebody to, to motivate each other, keep each other going, you're going to build a connection there. Um, when you do challenging things together, it's a great way to build bonds. And that's, that's a lot of, you know, we, we've experienced that in the military, right? Like there are people I still have connections with from basic training. And, you know, that was, was 13 years ago now, um, almost that we still talk to because we went through those challenging times and bonded together and need to other veterans who were combat veterans and the bonds that they created through combat and those deployments. Um, so come out, put yourself to the test, even if you don't finish. So let's say you sign up for the 22 miles and you, you only get 18 in. That's still a massive accomplishment and something to be proud of. And there's nothing embarrassing or to be ashamed of for not finishing the full 22 miles. So come out, put yourself to the test. And remember, it's for an amazing cause. We're partnering with the Northeast Ohio Foundation for Patriotism, and we're trying to raise $25,000 and be able to donate a a large portion of that back to Northeast Ohio Foundation for Patriotism. So yeah. And for those of you out there that that keep thinking to yourself that I can't do this, or I don't think I can do this, you got the wrong mindset going there. What if what if you can give yourself some give yourself some, some credit? Don't put so many limits on yourself. Like a lot of people I've been talking to, I'm like, what's keeping you from doing it? I don't, I don't think I can do 22 miles. I mean, you don't know until you try. Right. Have you, yeah, that's a good, you should answer that. Have you, have you ever tried to do 20? I think you did in some of them, but have you tried to do 22 miles? And that limiting mindset is, I mean, it's what held us back for a long time from starting our own business and, and getting into these, you know, even starting a podcast was like, are we going to be good at this? Or are we going to fail? It's like, well, you know, we can either try and maybe, maybe we do fail, but I'd rather try and fail than never know, you know, and live with that regret. Right. I mean, that's the whole reason why I ran a marathon. It was like, I, this is something that I am not good at. And I don't think that it's going to be easy. And I'm not sure how successful I'm going to be. So I'm going to give it a shot. And it sucked. It was hard. (laughs) But I did it. Yeah. And now you can say you did it and you never have to wonder if you could do it or if you're ever going to do it. Same reason that I'm doing a marathon next year. It's like, I know that if I don't do it, at some point in my life later down the road, I'm going to, I'm going to wish that I did. So come out, test yourself. I don't want to do it again. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think I'm going to do it again either. I think I'm going to 
when I do the, after the marathon, I think I'm going to stick to running like five K's, you know, my, my training will be five K's like three times a week. And it's so funny because I used to think that a five K was challenging because I never ran. And now I look at a five K that's like a warm up for right. the runs that I'm doing. So by pushing yourself and finding those limits, you're going to be able to accomplish a lot more and achieve some pretty awesome results in your life. So again, come out, test yourself, push yourself, test those limits build some bonds, become part of a community, and again, raise some money for a really good cause. Right. And the, the physical benefits of rucking are easier on your body than running. Yes. Yes. I can attest to that for sure. That's why um, I got into rucking. Yeah. And it's it's just, I mean, running too, but they're both just great in inexpensive ways to get a really good workout. And the benefit with rucking too over running again said it's not it's not going to tear your body up as much but there's also a really good strength portion to it like when you have that weight on your back you're engaging your core your leg muscles are working even harder so you're going to build strength and endurance in those so there's a ton of benefits to it and i think we're going to do an episode kind of like related to the the physical fitness aspect but today we are going to talk about the fuel that you put in your body and just some of the mind blowing statistics and information that I came across while I was doing research for this episode. I mean, it, it's insane. Um, you know, and, and kind of like to kick this off, would you like Randy, would, let's say you bought a Ferrari. All right. And uh, you bought this <laughs> super expensive car. Just hype, That's a very, right? yeah, very good way to start this what if you bought a ferrari what if you bought a ferrari would you put would you go and find the lowest grade fuel that you could possibly find and put that gas in your ferrari or would you find premium fuel the cleanest you could possibly get the most pure fuel you could possibly find to fuel your ferrari well let's let's in this hypothetical situation if i'm able to one day afford a ferrari I am not going to spend that amount of money on a car and then put shit gas in it. It's just, okay. that's not going to happen. I'm going to go for the premium fuel because I right. want that car to run perfectly because I just invested a bunch of money into it. So what kind of car is your body to you? The, what, like a 94 Tempo? 94 Tempo. It's a Dodge yeah. Stratus. It's a, it's a Dodge Stratus. Yeah. Well, it is a Dodge Stratus or a Ford Probe or a Ford Tempo or a Ford Pinto if you fuel it that way, right? Like 67 Dodge Dart. You had a 67 Dodge Dart, which (laughs) which could be a really cool car, by the way. Same thing. Like I I, no, yeah, I know yours wasn't, but it could be. Um, so don't confuse it. Randy's 67 Dodge Dart was a piece of shit, but some 67 Dodge Darts are really cool. Um, and I had a 95 Ford Escort when I when I first um, started driving. And I'll tell you what, I treated that thing like a piece of shit. But if I had a Corvette or a Ferrari or something along those lines, I would have treated it and respected it much more. Now you take that and compare it to your body. We get one shot. We buy another body. Like there, This is the only body that we're ever going to get unless of course you believe in reincarnation and then you'll get another shot at it but that's a whole nother topic yeah it's a whole nother topic and we don't know (laughs) no one no one knows for sure what's going on with that stuff but my point is why would you like i just don't understand the mindset when it comes to just dumping basically poison into your body and when you look at 
and what I'm talking about, poison is processed foods. And when, when I was reading a lot of these articles about whole foods and processed foods and the health benefits of whole foods and the, the damage that can be caused by processed foods, most of the articles refer to whole foods as real foods, which then means processed foods are fake foods. So imagine putting well, they're, they're fake processed. fuel. Yeah, they're processed. So putting fake fuel into your body, poison, additives, all of this stuff. Um, and we'll get into some some more information here. But I Kyle, just we, we don't have to imagine. We don't have to imagine it because people are doing it on a daily basis. I mean, I'm not going to lie and say that I don't eat processed food every now and then because I do. Right. Why do we eat processed food? It's easier. It's easier to make. It's faster. Like we're always on the go. Like we're we're going to work. We have kids activities. We have socialization with friends. We have all this stuff going on that you have to jam pack into like a, a 16 hour day because you have to go to sleep at some point. So it's easier to make that processed food and it's and it's cheaper than buying the whole foods. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's cheaper, it's easier. Uh, processed food, foods, a lot of what goes into processed foods are additives to preserve them, to make them last longer. And I mean, I will say, so I try to buy organic fruits and vegetables and they don't last as long. Like if you don't eat them pretty much within the first couple of days that you have them, they're going to go bad. So there are, I understand it. I get it. And I used to do it and I still do it from time to time. Like you said, like once a week, Sundays, I usually eat whatever I want. And guess what? Monday morning, I wake up, I feel like absolute dog shit. Yeah. And I look back to like college when I played football, I weighed 255 pounds and I knew nothing about nutrition at that point. And I felt like shit all the time. There was a reason why I wasn't ever healthy enough to compete for a starting position in college because I, my joints hurt. I, I was overweight. I wasn't processing food correctly. When you're eating processed foods, the nutrients, like you're not absorbing a lot of the good nutrients due to some of the additives in there. And then also whole foods allow the nutrients to interact like with each other in the appropriate manner in the way that they're supposed to, and allows your body to actually absorb them the way that you're supposed to. So there's just so many health benefits of whole foods and i have some of those statistics right here well, hold on one second because yeah. you you just said the word nutrients and mm -hmm. i am willing to bet if you talk to the average person that they don't even know what nutrients are right well here you go so whole foods are higher in, and this is um so these are some of the health benefits here but um so whole foods are higher in nutrients such as fibers, minerals, and vitamins that processed foods and when they are, excuse me, that processed foods lack. And then when you make up uh, your, a majority of your diet with whole foods, you're looking at a good indication of lowering rates of heart disease, cancer, and type two diabetes. And a lot of this has to do with the fact that I brought up those whole foods allow nutrients to act together like they were actually meant to. This also leads to decreased inflammation. And like I mentioned, here's one, right? So if I'm eating all these processed foods and my joints hurt, well, I'm a lot less likely to do any sort of physical fitness, walk, exercise, lift weights, because I'm in a lot of physical pain. So if you're feeling that and you're, you're feeling, ah, my body just hurts too bad to work out, well, start paying attention more to what you're putting into your body. And then you may have the energy and a reduced level of pain to be able to start moving. And then the more you move, the less pain you're going to be in. So it starts this positive cycle of, you know, good health.
How much education would you say you received in school from elementary through college on, on nutrition and, and exercise? The, oh man. So the only thing that I actually remember, and I'm sure there was more to this or there was more than this, but the only thing that I remember from school when it comes to nutrition food pyramid, that was it, which is even, it is out of date. Like they don't even do the food period anymore. No, it's my, it's my plate now. Yeah. Which is much better, um, comparatively speaking. And then when it came to, why did they get, why did they get rid of, um, the pyramid? Because it, it was, well, it didn't really teach portion control, which was, is a big thing on the, my plate. It gives you an actual visual of what your portion sizes should be. And then it was also skewed, right? Like it had people just didn't understand it. Like they're right. We, we have to dumb it down and make it simpler and using the plate like you said it's a nice visual that makes it easier for people to be like oh okay this is this makes sense this is the type of balanced diet i should eat when you're looking at that pyramid you're like what the hell why am i looking i'm just gonna (laughs) when i looked at the pyramid i would always think i was like oh man i should just eat a crap load of carbs like right you know that that's i mean and again there's nothing wrong with carbohydrates but it was, it was hard to process even, you know, for, for anybody, like, I'm not trying to dog on people for not being understand it. It was, it was confusing. It was like, what, what, what does this exactly mean? Well, there's um, nothing wrong with the right kind of carbohydrates. Like you, like, exactly. There's bad carbohydrate. Like the thing that, and I don't want to get into a huge discussion on education, but the thing that bothers me, cause I teach health and PE, like elementary school, we, we don't even do health. Like I, I don't have time to do health because I only see the kids once a week for like 50 minutes. So we're just trying to get in that physical activity. So they're not getting any, any health at all. You go to middle school, you get, I believe one year you do it. You do some for a semester, you do health in sixth grade. Then you do it again in eighth grade and 10th grade. And that's it. So why, <laughs> when you, when you said earlier in the podcast, you, you get one shot with this, you get one body why is there not like an emphasis placed on this in education? How many times have you gone to the doctor and the doctor said, well, Kyle, if you did more math, you would probably live a little <laughs> bit longer. I'm not, I'm not uh, saying never. that math, math's not important, but to me, like if, if you want to live a long, healthy life, you should be learning about nutrition. You should be learning about physical activity. Those are the things that are going to keep you on this earth longer. And that's like the least, uh, amount of emphasis we have in school is on those yes. things. Which yeah, is crazy. And I, right. And to answer your question too, I mean, like when I go back and I think about PE, it was movement. We didn't really, at least as far as I remember, I didn't absorb anything as far as the reason why exercise is important, any science behind it. It was let's play dodgeball or let's go play baseball, kickball, whatever it was. And I think part of that was just my mindset back, you know, when you're young, you're really not paying attention to the important things you're, you're mostly focused on having fun. So it's a matter of teaching it and teaching it in an effective way where kids are actually retaining it in order to implement it in their lives. And I think another big thing too, now going back to like childhood with this is you're I don't recall my parents being super pushy about this, but I know in a lot of families, it's clean your plate. Like you're not going to get up from the dinner table until your plate's cleaned. It's like 
well, that's not really a healthy mindset to, you know, indoctrinate into people either, because now as an adult, you feel guilty for walking away from food on your plate and you're just going to overeat instead of eating until you're comfortably full and you're satisfied. And then, Hey, if you have some food left on your plate, save it for later, save it for the next day. Do you know, don't feel that you have to stuff yourself just to clear your plate. So I know when Callie and I have talked, when we have kids, we're, we're going to be, you know, yes, they need to make sure we need to make sure that they're eating enough, but also not forcing them to overeat and building that mindset where they have to eat everything in front of them. Well, I'm going to challenge you on this because I do disagree slightly on this because with my kids, I know I'm not giving them a bunch of food and saying, you, you have to eat all of this. Like it's a good, it's the, it's the right size portion. And I know for a fact, especially with my youngest, that she will be like, I am so full. I cannot eat this. And then 30 minutes later, she wants junk food. So mm. I make her finish her plate. It's not because I'm like, oh, you need to finish this and stuff yourself. No, it's because I know she 30 minutes later is going to want some sort of junk to eat because that's what kids want. Kids want the crap food. Yeah. And so that's a fair point. So if you're feeding them the right food and they have, a, yes, I, I totally agree with you. Um, I meant more so like I look back to when I was a kid and it, it wasn't like I'm not like blaming my parents or anything like that. But if we're eating, you know, I'm just saying hypothetically, if you're putting out like a processed dinner and it's spaghetti with, you know, jarred uh, uh, sauce full of um, additives and, you know, processed pasta and all that shit. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's a little, and I put way too much of a, you know, serving in front of that, per, that kid, then I don't think it's a good idea. Like, should they, are they, can they eat that stuff? Yes, absolutely. Like when I was a kid, I eat all sorts of junk, but I also look back when I was a kid and I was, I was a little chubby at certain points in my life <laughs> because I was eating ramen noodles and pizza and pop tarts and toaster strudels and all that shit. Well, of course, when we're kids, if we've been exposed to those things, they taste really good. So of course we're going to want them, but that's up to, like you said, you know, you're putting healthy food for the most part in front of your kids. And again, there's a time and place for some of that junk food. Like it should be looked at more of, at least in my opinion, I reward myself each week on Sundays with, you know, sweets and treats and a couple beers, stuff like that. But again, it's, 80, 20 roll, 80 to 90% of the time I'm eating super healthy. I'm eating whole foods. I'm eating foods that, um, are easy to digest and easy to process for my body and easier to turn into fuel. And, you know, I was talking about at my heaviest, I was at 255. I'm down to 199 right now, which is the lightest I've weighed since 2005. And I've had a huge switch in my diet over the last year of really focusing on reducing processed foods, processed bread, everything like that, and switching over to whole foods. And it's been, it is challenging. Like it's, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say it's easy, but it's completely possible. And again, we go back to the whole, just stick to the outside of the grocery store for the most part. Like, yes, there are some things that you'll get in the middle, but if you're sticking to meats, produce, rice, whole grains, potatoes, vegetables, fruit for, again, a majority of your diet, chances are you're going to feel a lot better and you're going to look a whole lot better as well.
Well, imagine like if you never had those processed foods in your life before, like you think you're not going to want them. So if you introduce, well, yeah. if you introduce your kids to these, these whole foods at a young age, like the real foods that they call them, then they're not even going to want these processed foods because the shit they put into it is to make you addicted to it so that you keep right. coming back to it. And it, it's shit. It's that's what it is. It's going to, it's not healthy. It's not good for you. Now I'm not saying never have a slice of cake, but if you eat cake every single day, or things like cake that that's not going to be good for your body. It's not going to be good for your heart. You're, you're going to become very sick, possibly diabetic. And like, then you get into that whole spiel on how much money they're going to make off of you for becoming diabetic. Like, uh, do you think, yes. do you think America cares that if you become diabetic, like do, does the medical field give a shit? Are they going to try to prevent you from getting diabetes? No, they're going to wait until you get it. And then you're going to be on meds the rest of your freaking life, spending out the out your ass on trying to cover that. Well, yeah. And here's here's a good statistic for you. So um, the obesity drug industry. So right now, currently, I just I looked this up. The the current pharmaceutical industry based around obesity is worth forty four billion dollars. According to CNBC, the obesity drug industry could be worth two hundred billion dollars within the decade as market valuations grow. So you're more than quadrupling the value of the drug industry. Just that's just around obesity. That's not all of the pharmaceuticals that are going on out there. Two hundred billion dollars. And the if you so I highly encourage it's not around obesity drugs, but it's about Oxycontin, um, the 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 miniseries Painkiller on Netflix. Like definitely check that out. And it's very um, frustrating, well to say the least, angering. Um, it'll piss you off and make you hate the pharmaceutical industry even more as their role in the opioid epidemic um, is very clearly outlined in that. So it's, huge. Well, it's it's not just the pharmaceutical companies benefiting here. It's also the insurance companies. Yes, that is 100% true. And then, and, and here, here's another one. So um, when it comes to the, the food illnesses, it's about, <laughs> about 678,000 Americans die each year from chronic food illness. That toll is higher than all of our combat deaths in every war in American history combined. That's right. There are more deaths each year from our food than all the combat deaths from the Revolutionary War through the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq. That's impressive. That's, that's disgusting. Every a, a war on food year. Yeah, we're we're literally being killed by our food, and here. So you were talking about earlier some of the things that we allow in our food in the United States. So these these things are banned outside of the United States for the most part. They're probably allowed in a couple of countries here and there. But here's one for you. Potassium bromate. So potassium bromate is used in the United States to make bread. This substance strengthens baking dough and allows for higher rising potassium bromate. Oh, excuse me. It allows for higher rising, period. Potassium bromate is banned in China, Canada, and within the Euro European Union for its potential damaging health effects. Potassium bromate is a Category 2B carcinogen that is classified by the International Agency for Research on Cancer 
this ingredient has been linked to cancer, gastrointestinal illness, thyroid complications, and kidney disease. Um, here's another one that, that I knew the name of, but it's Olestra. So Olestra is used in the United States as a fat substitute. The substitute adds no calories, fat, or cholesterol food products. Olestra is commonly found in savory foods such as potato chips and other high-fat foods to reduce the amount of fat combined. So let's see here. So when the human body absorbs the fats, vitamins are absorbed as well. However, when one consumes Olestra, these essential vitamins stick to Olestra and are excreted rather than absorbed. Studies find that Olestra can cause digestive problems and is also not healthy for the heart. Olestra is known to cause gastrointestinal disease in children, diarrhea in, in adults, and an increased appetite. So they're literally putting things in these foods that make you want to eat even more, more and then you're going to be pooping through a fucking keyhole and these are all these are all so here's here's another reason so people you know i talk a lot about my distrust for the government these are all things that are that are fda and usda approved like they're they're a u.s government is allowing these things that are literally killing hundreds of thousands of people the better portion of a million people per year we allow this shit to be put in our foods but and here's the other thing right so, oh, so again, what we were talking about before, but all of this leads to more prescriptions. This makes prescription drugs a major health risk, ranking fourth with stroke as a leading cause of death. So prescription drugs, so the food's killing you, then the drugs that they put you on are killing you. Well, you, you know hear what, the uh, side effects of all those pharmaceutical drugs like sound worse than what you already have. Yeah take this to reduce your gas, but it, it's probably going to make your asshole fall out and you're yeah. going to die of cancer. And you might grow a third nipple. Yeah, but it, no, but it's good for you. You definitely, not, we mean, don't want to recommend whole food exercise, Randy. We would much rather put you on a pill. So I, I don't have cable. And um, usually during the summer, I just get rid of, like I, we have YouTube TV and I usually just get rid of it because we're not really home in the summer and we're outside doing shit. But then like football season comes back. So I want to get YouTube TV so I can watch football. And so I haven't really been around commercials lately. And uh, now that we have it back, like every other commercial is a pharmaceutical commercial for, for, I mean, the big one they have on there right now is like, is diabetes and type two. And it's, it's like showing like this lady, like just having the best, best time of her life being diabetic yeah like how much fun it's she's great. having <laughs> it's great I it's love awesome being, I mean, oh man diabetes is so cool and then like at the end they're like oh this medication will could cause the following uh death you could lose your hair liver disease yeah. kidney disease well, cancer. look at look at covid like they pushed masks and vaccines how often and then you come to find out so uh, here, two-thirds of severe COVID cases resulting in hospitaliza hospitalization have been attributed to four diet-caused diseases, obesity, diabetes, hypertension, and heart failure. In other words, these hospitalizations could have been prevented if the patient didn't have these diseases. So it's almost like the old uh, prevention is the, the best form of medicine. Isn't, isn't that what they say? Same thing when you're you're taking care of a vehicle. The best way to prevent it from breaking 
down is to maintain it properly, change the oil, make sure that you're doing your, your preventative maintenance. So that way it's much less likely to break down. It's the same thing with your body. If you're taking care of it, if you're eating right and you're exercising, it's a lot less likely to cause you problems and it's going to save you a lot of money and time in the long run as well. So I have a, I have a family history of high cholesterol and, and my diet's like, it's pretty good. I don't, yes, I do eat processed food, but I'd say I'm like 80, 20, where 80% of the time mine's pretty healthy diet. And so I, it was, this was like two years ago. I went to the doctor and, uh, I had high cholesterol and immediately his answer was put me on, I think it was Lipitor. And, uh, so I, so I listened cause I was dumb and I went on it and man, it made me feel like shit. So I, I got, I, after a month, I got off of it and I just, I stopped eating red meat. That's what I did. Cause he told me, he's like, you're eating. Cause I was, I was like heavy on like the Jocko diet. I was like, eating steaks and, <laughs> and it was a lot of red meat. And when you have like g- the genetics part coming in, cause that does play a factor. You have to pay attention to what you're doing. And I was not a 20, 20 year old kid anymore. I'm, I'm getting older and I have to pay attention to what I'm doing. So I just, I cut out red meat. And then I went back to the doctor and we did the blood work again. He's like, oh man, your numbers are great. He's like, that Lipitor is working. I was like, oh, I, I was like, I stopped doing that a long time ago. <laughs> I flushed that shit down the toilet. <laughs> He's like, well, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm not eating red meat. I'm just, you told me that I'm eating too much red meat and that's why my cholesterol is going Oh, I just stopped doing it. And I started running more than what I was doing and it went down. See, like their first answer is always going to be to put you on some type of drug. Most doctors, that's, that's their answer. Yeah. It was the same thing for me. So like I had anxiety really bad and that was when I was still at my corporate job. And that was probably, I would say 2018, I think was when it was its worst. Like I was getting anxiety so bad. Like I, I couldn't even complete my daily, my day-to-day tasks at work. And I was like, all right, I got, I got to do something about this. So that was my first thought, like, because you see all the advertisements, you see all that stuff, you think you're, you're conditioned to think prescription, right? So that's what the advertising does is I now have this, oh, well, I know Lexapro is an anti-anxiety, anti-depression medicine. So I'm going to go to my doctor and, and suggest Lexapro. And I, why, like how ass backwards is that? Shouldn't I be going to the doctor with simply my symptoms and they tell me what I should be doing? First of all, now you take it to what you said. And unfortunately, chances are they're going to suggest the drug, but what I did anyway, so I, I knew that I didn't want to be on this drug, but I accepted it because at that time, like I was like, I have to do something. But I went in with the mindset of, hey, this is very temporary. I'm not even going to take the full dose that they're prescribing me. And maybe it will at least have some placebo effect will make me feel a little bit better. But you know what? I, I did it for a very short amount of time. I did not take the full dose and I really quickly like weaned myself off of it. And I replaced eventually Lexapro with meditation, with reading, with mindfulness exercises, breathing exercises. There are so many things that are out there that are natural that you can use in order to overcome a lot of these health issues. And I'm not saying everyone can do that, but a majority of the time there are other options out there. Like 
oh, I don't know, maybe go outside and get some fresh air and some sunlight <laughs> instead of sitting in front of a desk all the time. And as our society has shifted, if you look back you know, 100 years ago, many of these diseases that we're talking about, the physical diseases, didn't exist because the shit in our food didn't exist. And you didn't have these ridiculous levels of obesity because people had to be physically active and they were eating whole foods because that was what it was available. And it's, it's crazy. But if you look at it again, if you're, if you're most people, you're walking around Walmart and, and I see all the time, whether it's typically Walmart, but you see a family of extremely unhealthy people, obese people pushing around a cart full of pop and ho-hos and uh, frozen dinners and just absolute bullshit. And no one really bats an eye. And again, that's killing 678,000 Americans per year. Now, what we do talk about all the time and people get super upset about is gun violence. So again, remember mm -hmm. I said 678,000, thousand am i saying that correctly per year for um you know food related illnesses in 2021 let's see we had 54 percent of all so i'm looking at gun violence here so the numbers i don't have the overall numbers but you can tell when i read this it's going to be much smaller so in 2021 54 percent of all gun related deaths in the u.s were suicides so again more than half were suicides 26,328, while 43% were murders, 20,958. So let's just say, so let's really just break it down to that 21,000. So 21,000 people are dying from gun violence, yet that is talked about by our government, by our politicians, by our media every single day, and it is pushed every single day. I haven't done that math, but 21,000 compared to 678,000 but no one bats an eye when you shove shit food into kids mouths but they're going to talk about the 21,000 again like I'm not saying that those 21,000 lives aren't don't matter aren't important but why are we not talking about the big issues instead of blowing up the small issues and I know why it's because it doesn't fit the agenda because the pharmaceutical companies and these food companies these massive corporations are lining the pockets of the politicians and funding the government while they push this agenda that guns are the real evil thing. And remember, guns are a tool. It's it you it's literally sitting on there. It is up to a person to choose it and use it irresponsibly. And you can actually say the same thing about food. You are the one making the choice. So it's up to you to make these decisions, be responsible with what you're putting in your food. It's just a much more difficult choice because like you mentioned, the, the things that they're putting in these foods are addictive, they're cheap, they're easy to come by, and they're convenient. I say another major difference between the gun violence and and our and of the foods and the deaths that come from that is gun violence is immediate. I mean, you right. you pull a gun on someone and shoot them, and they die immediately. The food thing is going to happen over time. Like you are you're you're not going to kill yourself in one day with food. I mean, you could if you if it's a, you know, who knows what's in some of these foods that you eat with food poisoning, but over time you you're killing yourself. So I would say that that's another reason why the, the gun violence gets so much media coverage. And like you said, it's not part of the agenda. And like the food portion of, of this is making our country a lot of money. The pharmaceutical portion is making our 
country a lot of money. The insurance portion is making our country a lot of money. So they're not going to bat an eye to any of that shit. Mm -hmm. And then like we talked about obesity, like what, what is obesity? The, the way we we look at it as a country is the BMI scale, which is complete shit. The BMI scale is terrible. So right. not everybody that uses the BMI scale is obese. It says that I'm obese. For my right. height and weight, I'm obese. So another another scam to help the insurance company make more money. It's because if you don't meet their requirements for the BMI, then they can charge you more. So I have to go to my doctor every fucking year and get something signed off saying I'm not obese, which is bullshit. Cause I have to go through a biometric screening at work. They take my height and weight and I'm, it's always, I'm always like 30 or 29 on the BMI scale and technically obesity is 30 or over. And then they're like, Oh, you're obese. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not obese. <laughs> like we should be looking at body fat percentage, not not this stupid height weight thing because it doesn't take muscle into it account. So if you're a muscular person, which muscle weighs more than fat and you're not tall, even if you are tall and you, you just have a big frame, like you're, you're going to be obese on their scale. You could be healthy as healthy as shit and still be obese, which is crazy. Yeah, I, I, I can't remember. I used to, so in the military, you know, if you, if you failed the height weight, like you were talking about, then you had to get taped and I got taped every single time we did it. Yeah. I think, I think when I like, I think I got a 290. So my highest PT score. So the highest you could get was a 300. I think when I got a 295, I'm pretty sure I had to get taped that after that PT test, because I was overweight (laughs) according to that, even though I just smoked the PT test, you know, it's, it, it it's all ass backwards and this is again it yes it's a society it's a societal level issue and it needs to be addressed at that level as well but in the meantime it's up to you as an individual to have respect for your body like you are I just can't imagine Well, I can, because again, I, I lived that life in college. I had zero respect for my body. I was just poison every day, like, you know, processed foods, alcohol, it was junk going in and therefore junk going or be coming out from a performance standpoint. But then I woke up and I said, man, if I'm going to start respecting myself if i'm going to change my life i gotta start start with your body it's the it's really when it comes down to it it's the easiest change that you can make it's not uh, and i'm not saying that it is easy but comparatively speaking when you're talking about changing your physical health compared to your mental health for me and my experience it's tremendously easier because it's not really that complex 80 percent whole foods and healthy foods don't overeat, you know, portion control and daily movement. Like when you really think about it, it's pretty simple. It's not convenient. It can be challenging. It can be um, time consuming. But again, it is really simple. And I think that's another thing that I like. I like simple. Like I don't, I really, the more that I think about things, complexity, I just, I don't like it. Complexity in life and whatever work, I really like simple and straightforward. And that's why I like the the health aspect of what we do and what we talk about a lot, kind of like ruck marching. It's pretty, pretty simple and straightforward. You put a weighted backpack on and you get after it. 
I mean, you're right. It's not simple. I mean, it, it is simple, but it, it's going to require work. If you, if you want to eat healthier, I mean, you're going to have to pay attention to what you're, what you're buying. And most people don't know what, what's in the food that they're eating. They don't look at the ingredient list. They, they have exactly. no idea what they're putting into their body, which is crazy. Cause we just talked about, you wouldn't put shit fuel into a, a nice car. I'm not going to take my truck and go throw diesel in it. It's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> right. So if you're doing that to your body, it's not going to work the way it's supposed to be working. But yeah. there are places out there that are trying to help with this. Like um, we're, we can plug clean eats. Like this, this yeah. is a, a food place where you can do meal planning and they make healthy foods for you and you just pay the money, which you're going to pay anyway when you go to the grocery store. So it's, it's comparable and it's going to, it's healthier. It's a better option for you. Yeah. And so I just went into clean eats last week and had lunch there and I had like, I had a Buffalo chicken wrap and sweet potato fries and they, first of all, it was delicious. And two, I knew exactly how many calories I was getting because they list everything. And right. so for a Buffalo chicken wrap and sweet potato fries, I think it ended up being like 700 calories, 700 calories, of good nutritious food and the way that your body processes it and the way that you retain the nutrients all of that stuff like we talked about that's much different than me eating 700 calories of mcdonald's or sweets or pop or anything like that so it's it's just so incredibly important and i think this is i look at it that i build the foundation to whole life health with the physical first and the more physically fit, the better I feel physically, the easier it is for me to improve my level of mental health too, because it's really hard to dig yourself out of a mental hole when you feel like shit physically all the time. Like that, that it's, it's just, it's a lot easier when my body feels good, when I can get out, when I can move, when I can do those things and then experience the mental benefits of exercise and movement and fresh air and all of those things. Like if I'm eating dog shit, all the time i'm not going out right after we record this and and rucking 12 miles at the park like that's not no, i happening. mean it's not going to go well if you try to do that no not at and all we we haven't even gotten into like the the portion of the conversation where you start talking about body image and and how that's changed over mm. probably the last 15 years hashtag lizzo like i'm not saying that you should beat yourself up and 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 put yourself down but We've gotten to the point now where it's like, uh, well, I'm 300 pounds, and I love and I love it. Well, no, you don't. I, I'm not saying hate don't yourself. Lie. You feel like shit though, but like, yeah, no, no, don't hate yourself, but have some respect for yourself and and make some healthy changes. And that's another thing. So we talked or I talked about earlier, not on the show, but you know, I think so many people too, when they're in that position, when they are super heavy they are very intimidated to get started when it comes to a workout. First of all, they think they have to do something crazy. Like, well, I got to get in the gym. No, just go start by walking. And then when they do get into the gym, they feel intimidated because they look around and, you know, at the gym for the most part, it's a, it's a bunch of healthy people and they get intimidated by that. But one, remember most of those people were in the same position you were maybe even right. worse positions that you were. And secondly, 
they want to see you there. They want to see you making those positive changes, even though they might not come up to you and tell you that they're rooting you on for the most part. They're not judging you negatively. Anybody that I see at the gym, I'm like, that's awesome. I love seeing it. Like, I'm not judging you by any means. I think it's awesome that you're trying to make the positive change. Yeah. And you can't, you can't compare yourself to others when you're going through that journey either. Like we compare it like, and I did it when I was younger. It's like you, you see the the models on TV and the professional athletes and you see those guys in like the gym magazines. Those those people are are the one percent. Like most people don't look like that. So if you if you are heavy and you're trying to get in better shape, it's not gonna be to get down to ninety-eight pounds and and be like the one percent. You're just trying to live a, a healthier lifestyle instead of being overweight where it's harder to move. You, you can't play with your kids the way you want to play with your kids. And you, that you're just making life more difficult. Yeah. Yes, you are. And so making life more difficult, the way you mentioned it before a little bit, but when you're doing this to yourself, when you're putting this junk food and you're not taking care of yourself, you're not moving, you're committing suicide slowly, like slowly very painfully, very expensively, you're, you're killing yourself. It, it, it's not going to happen tomorrow, like you said, but at some point in time, the shit's going to catch up with you. And even if that doesn't kill you directly, something, some underlying issue, like look at the COVID statistic we were talking about before, like, yeah, maybe the obesity technically didn't kill you, but because of the obesity and your inability to fight off a virus, now you just died prematurely because you didn't take care of yourself. And it was like, when all that shit was going on, the bullshit with the masks and the lockdowns, and I, I was, I would, we would go to jujitsu and I would literally sweat. I would get sweat in my mouth from other people, and I was not worried about it at all because I was actually paying attention to what was going on, and you, you could see it. Like these people dying in hospital beds were horribly unhealthy or elderly, which you know that obviously sucks, but you know, weakened immune system, all of that stuff. There were, it, it wasn't guys and, you know, men and women like, like that are physically fit. They weren't the ones dying in, in hospitals or being hospitalized for the most part um, when it came to, to COVID. And there were exceptions to that, obviously, but you I mean, know, generally. People, people can make, make tons of arguments on this stuff, but it, it comes down to this being overweight is it's not going to help you. It's not going to help you. It's no, there's no benefit to it. Like if you really think about what happens to your body, when you put that crap into it, like what you're doing to your heart and like what's happening in your, in your arteries, like that shit's crazy. Mm -hmm. You're doing it to your, you're doing it to yourself. Right. It comes down to like, you've mentioned it before is chosen suffering that that's, you can either put that shit in your body and you can suffer through that, or you can go suffer through 30 minutes of exercise every day. And I don't even want to say like suffering whole foods, like and eating healthy to me, isn't suffering at all. Like I feel much better. The food is delicious. Like Callie cooks healthy for dinner. I make breakfast and lunch. Um, and I usually eat the same things every day, but Callie makes dinner and she finds extremely healthy recipes on Pinterest and stuff. And they're freaking delicious. Like I always look forward to that stuff. Honestly, like there are plenty of times when she cooks, I would eat that as a cheat meal any other day, just double the, double the amount of food, but it's so good. I'm like, Oh my God, like, I can't believe this is healthy. And it's a matter of just simple choices. Like, okay, instead of sour cream, 
use like Greek yogurt because it's higher in protein and it's less processed and everything. So it's again, it's really not that complicated. And it all starts with just having some respect for yourself and not putting that trash in your body. And don't like, you don't have to make a complete overhaul of your diet all at once. Pick, pick one meal a day and start there. Like most people, I would say like their biggest struggle is lunch. Cause you're at work and you're like, Oh, I'm just going to run out to McDonald's and get a quick lunch or they pack some crappy thing and try to eat that real quick while they're working. So like, make that your main focus. And then once you got that down, you can go on to the next meal and then on to the next meal. Yeah. And it's a habit, just like you said, that's the same thing that we talk about when we're talking about creating any positive habit or replacing a negative habit. So when it comes to that diet, small little incremental changes add up over time. So an example of that was when I was in college and I was to gain weight, I would, and I always, I've always had a sweet tooth at night, but I would eat a huge peanut butter and jelly sandwich before bed. And eventually, you know, after being more mindful, I recognize like, Hey, that's, that's not very good for you. So let's change it to Greek yogurt. So I would eat, um, you know, a huge thing, of Greek yogurt with peanut butter, processed peanut butter, you know, just regular peanut butter, Jif off the shelf, granola, honey, some chocolate chips, some fruits and all this stuff. And I'm like, Oh, you know, this is, this is healthier. And it, it was healthier. Yes. In a way. But then I'm like, okay, well, let's switch out the crap peanut butter with whole peanut butter. All right, that's a good choice. All right, now let's take the honey off. And eventually over time, I've gotten to the point where I just eat a banana with some one serving of whole um, natural peanut butter where it's nothing but peanuts. So I'm eating a banana. So I went from eating peanut butter and jelly with like processed white bread, you know, jelly, which is full of additives and sugars and processed peanut butter to a banana and peanuts basically is what it comes down to it's just peanuts blended up yeah and now i'm down to 199 pounds and i feel a hundred times better than i did before yeah and that was like i don't know 10 years of change and you can any meal option you have you can take and make a healthier option just by switching from white bread to whole wheat bread that you've made an improvement just by switching from the processed peanut butter to the all-natural peanut butter you've made an improvement these aren't like life staggering things that you're, you're doing. You're just making a simple change with, with, with what you're putting into your body. Yeah. I'm just trying to, trying to eat more like our ancestors is really what it comes down to meat, whole grains, fruit and vegetables. It's, it's, it's not complicated. And also too, I will say that I probably don't eat enough vegetables. So I also take a multivitamin. I take dietary fiber supplements and, um, and also CoQ10. So that's, that's it. I don't supplement my protein. I don't take pre-workout. I don't take creatine. I take nothing. The only supplements that I take again are the multivitamin CoQ10, which is like a brain function thing. And then, um, and then multi or in fiber. That's it. You got to watch that stuff too. Like I used to take a whole bunch of shit and not realizing like what was in it. And then yeah. I'm like looking at like these higher end uh, proteins and then there's like the shit ton of sugar in it. I'm like, oh man. Mm -hmm. I, I, so I stopped doing all that. Like people are always asking like, oh, which, which protein should I take? Should it be like the, the $70 whatever? And I'm like, I get the one with the least ingredients, right? I'm, mine's like, uh, <laughs> 
is a vegan protein that I take and it's it's like $20 for a, a big tub of it. And I do one scoop. That's it. One scoop a day. And I probably don't need it because I, I eat enough protein anyway, but you just poop it out anyway. <laughs> for the most part. Yeah. My favorite protein back in the day was BSN Synthesis because it tasted incredible. And then, like you said, when I became more mindful of actually like reading labels and stuff, I'm like, oh, this is, well, yeah, it tastes incredible because it's full of sugar. <laughs> yeah, it's not good so for you. Of course, you. <laughs> it tastes, good, tastes great. Yeah. So, again, I mean, look, a general rule of thumb is the less ingredients, the better. And the more ingredients that you can actually pronounce, the if you better. don't know the word, then don't put it in your body. Yeah, it's probably not good. Like if you look at all the, if you go look at a can of regular peanut butter, like Jif peanut butter, look at that or the jar, read the ingredient label and then go pick up uh, a brand of all. And, and you have to be careful because when you're looking at that, some of them say all natural and you look at it and there's still additives to it. I look for a jar of peanut butter that literally the ingredients say peanuts. That's, right. that's the ingredient label on my peanut, on my peanut. Um, and it's not even expensive. I found that it's all natural. It's peanuts only. I found it at Walmart for like three fifty. It was, it was no more expensive than any other jar of peanut butter that was there. No, we have some. Except for me at a great value brand. It, it tastes, it tastes good. I enjoy I love it. it. I, I'll eat just regular peanuts all the time. Like just, just plain dry roasted peanuts. I love that. So that's um, just where we've only hit on on the ingredient aspect of like we haven't even gone into great detail on portion size have you ever had a meal with somebody not from america uh yes but yeah i i mean like i i know what you're talking about but i i didn't pay attention to that like i had a conversation with the person they're like they're like how do you he's like that's a meal that's a that's a he's like that's like a week worth of food it's like where i'm from he's like you guys are eating that in one sitting he's like that is ridiculous and i'm like and they don't have the processed bullshit either like i i just went out we went out for our anniversary and and i i ate a three pound steak in one sitting plus four it was incredible plus <laughs> plus four sides like i shouldn't be able to i ate a three pound steak plus corn on the cob broccoli asparagus and uh and mashed potatoes that was like five pounds of food and i ate that in one sitting now i didn't eat yeah. all day that was the only meal i had that day and i don't do this very often yeah, i was about to say it's not like you're doing that all the time but that's an incredible amount of food to eat in one sitting and you and if somebody from another from not america would have seen that they would have been like my god you're gonna go into a food coma yeah uh well it's like and the other thing too like i said they don't have the the additives and the processed garbage in it too so our our cali and i's friend hannah went to south america for a trip so she is um a, the wine wine manager at the heinens and mentor and she i can't remember exactly what it was but she she won something she got to go to south america for a wine um trip for work and she's like i ate so much food while i was down there she's like i I feel incredible. I didn't gain any weight. And if I were to have do, done that in the United States, she's like, I would feel like dog shit. And I probably would have gained five pounds in a week from doing that because of all of the processed crap that goes into like, look at the Mediterranean diet. There's a reason why 
Medi you know, people in, in Mediterranean are, are exponentially more healthy than they are in the United States. And a lot of that comes down to the diet. And that's a good diet as well. If you're going to pick like a, an, I do flexible dieting. I pretty much eat whatever I want as long as it's whole foods and I'm not overeating. But if you want to pick something that's a little bit more structured, the Mediterranean diet from all of what I've learned and I was a certified nutrition coach for a couple of years until it expired. Mediterranean diet is the way to go. Great balance of carbs, healthy fats and protein. So if you're just, looking for something out there, that's a good one. Yeah. And just pay attention, pay attention to what you're putting in your body. And if you don't know anything, like there's, there's websites out there. Like I have it up right now, myplate.gov, go to myplate.gov and it has a little picture of the plate and the foods that you're supposed to eat on it. And it tells you like, how much do I need to eat of this on a daily basis? Like it's out there. I don't for like, you to see. I don't trust the government though, Randy. Well, I mean, this is pretty legit stuff. Like it tells you how, <laughs> I know, how, many, how many grains you should have on a daily basis, how many, and I guarantee you that the majority of the people are eating more than what they should of the shit and not enough of the good stuff. Oh, 100%. And, and I will say that is a good, that is a good tool. I've looked at that a lot, way better than the food pyramid, like we talked about. And one of the few things that the government has put out there that I think is actually beneficial. You can't tell me this isn't a problem. Like it, we don't problem. have, we don't have to look at obesity scales or death rates, go somewhere, go yeah. out in public and just look around. I go to Walmart, go, go to Walmart, go to any, <laughs> any public place, like a, go to a sporting event. And I guarantee that there will be more people overweight than there will be not. Yeah, that's actually a good one. Look, go to a sporting event now and then go back and look at old footage from like the 30s, the 40s, the 50s and look at the look at the crowds and just just don't you rarely do you see an obese person in a crowd of a couple thousand people now literally you go to Walmart and there's, let's say there's 200 people in there. Uh, half of them at least are obese. When I, I would when say, I, I would say probably more than half. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. It's the incredible. only place I go, I think where, where the majority aren't is the gym. That's the, that's the only place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. That's a, that's, that's a good point. And go yeah, to a fair, go. go to a local fair and just look around. Speaking of which, Geauga County Fair is next weekend and I will be there and I, well, I will take be a enjoying Take a gander when, when, you, when you get there. Oh, I, I, I noticed, I remember last year, I, 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 and it's just, and again, like I'm not, I don't like, I'm not looking at this person and judging them individually. I'm, I just look at it and it, it bothers me to our core, to my core that it is just so accepted as normal. Now it, it's completely like normalized that it, you can just be this incredibly unhealthy and it's okay. It's so like, it's not even okay. It's, it's, promoted in a lot of ways like i said jokingly hashtag lizzo but it's like oh she's beautiful and blah 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 and blah and i'm again i'm not saying that you should be mean to somebody or you should judge them individually but we should also say hey that's not healthy like and especially if you have friends it's like hey 
you know, like I noticed you're gaining a lot of weight. Like I'm, I'm concerned for you, but now it'd be like, well, you're a dick and you're fat shaming them. And, and right. you're, you're a piece of shit for calling them out on this. Like, no, I, I fucking care about that person and I want them to live a healthy, long life. I don't want them to die of a, a slow, painful suicide. A positive body image is, is a, is a thing. Like you should think it positive of yourself, but if you are right. not living a healthy lifestyle, then something needs to be done about that. And if, if you're not, you're not going to be here as long as what you could be. And that's what it comes oh, yeah. down to. And you can't be delusional. Like if I'm an idiot and I think I'm really smart, that's delusional. If I'm really fat and I think that I'm really healthy, that's delusional. Like that's, that's not okay either. And like most my, people or some people are going to say, well, you are an idiot and you do think you're smart. And I'm like, that's okay. That's your opinion. This is just, I mean, this is science. So there is some scientific evidence of this stuff and there is it it is backed by science and proof and data that the, like we this is probably the most unhealthy that america has ever been and probably of america. i mean uh, it is 100 right it's not even a question and it's like i i teach elementary school so i see this at, at a young age where they're like the snacks the kids bring or the lunches the kids it, it's it's not good. And most of the kids are overweight and they are not involved in any type of physical activity other than when they see me once a week. So they go home from school and then they watch TV. They're on their iPads or they're playing video games all night. Like when I first started teaching 15 years ago, I would ask my class, how many of you play a sport or do some type of activity like dance or cheerleading or something? And I would say that all the hands would go up except for one or two kids. And now when I ask, I get one or two hands that go up and everybody else does nothing. Well, they're playing video games and playing yeah. on their phones. So no physical activity and a shit diet. Yeah. What's that kind of recipe for success, Randy? It's a problem. It's a problem that needs to be addressed. And the government's a huge issue. Um, lack of education on this stuff is is a huge issue like we just don't we just don't do anything about it we don't teach this stuff at a young age when we should be and parents yeah. don't know they just well take ownership it's the information's out there i just pulled up i it, i uh, researched yeah, this for an hour like take ownership if you want to know something you live we live in a day and age where every piece of information you want is at readily available at your fingertips so don't yes i agree again that it is a huge societal level problem but it also falls to the individual to take responsibility for their own life just like anything else it all starts with you um but anyway so we got to wrap up time for us to hit the road we're already over our Dude. hour limit that we set for ourselves so we will talk to you all soon and again remember march for heroes veterans day november 11th 2023 we're looking forward to seeing everybody there word come out rock get after or, or walk 11 or 22 miles your choice bingo. bingo 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 all right i got a golf outing to head to all right have fun yep bye Hey, everybody, if you like what you heard today, please check us out on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And don't forget to head to Eventbrite and grab one of the 10 tickets available for our monthly Ideal Connect call. Then when you're ready to take the next step, message us on any of our social media pages to book a free coaching consultation call to see how we can help you start living your own ideal life. 
Thanks again for all of your love and support, and always remember, you have everything you need to achieve success. It's just a matter of believing.